This episode of the Event Industry News Podcast is sponsored by Evolution Dome, award-winning temporary inflatable event structures. Take a look at their structures at evolutiondome.com. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Event Industry News Podcast with me, James Dixon, wishing you all a very good morning, afternoon, or evening, whenever or wherever you tune into today's podcast from. It's a full day of recordings for me today. I always like to give people a bit of context as to uh, when we're recording these, because we're never quite sure when people are going to be listening to them. That, that's, that's Such is the way with, with podcasts. So today is Monday the 12th of June. I'm recording this in a very, very sunny and warm UK um, today from home in the UK. So uh, a very warm welcome to everybody who listens to the podcast regularly, anybody who is listening overseas or internationally, Nationally. As always, a very warm welcome to the podcast. Um, and on today's podcast, it's going to be something that I can't recall anyway that we've we have spoken about specifically on the podcast. We're going to be looking at hackathons um, with somebody who who definitely uh, knows their way uh, around these. Um, I would I would like to say unique events, but clearly they're not unique because a lot of them happen. You. There may be people listening to the podcast today who've worked on them. Um, if you have, get in touch with us. At Event News Blog is uh, our handle on Twitter. We'd love to hear from you. But let's get our guest on and find out a little bit more about the fascinating world of hackathons. My guest today is Evelina Dunkley. Evelina is the uh, events lead at Meta, has kindly given up some of her time today to join the podcast. Evelina, a very warm welcome to the Event Industry News Podcast. Thank you very much for having me. Um, and, and I assured Evelina off air that it was going to be an easy affair because it's the first time that Evelina's done a podcast. But I, I assured her that in the grand scheme of things, of compared to working with a company like Meta and putting on events, this will be relatively easy. So it's going to be a nice, relaxed conversation today, um, Evelina. Perhaps we could start with a little bit about yourself before we dive into the subject of hackathons, about your own experience um, in the events industry and um, what your sort of journey has been like up to up to this point. Um, it's been quite a long journey. I Back in the day, I haven't seen myself uh, doing the job I'm doing right now. It was a completely different journey, I imagine, for myself. But when I came to the UK in 2005, my first job was in Italian restaurant as a waitress. And believe it or not, I find so much joy of serving people pizza and seeing how happy they were of me walking around and chatting to everyone. And then I realized that maybe this is something I want to do in the future, yeah. serving people or making them happy. So I kind of took the journey from restaurant into hospitality, from hospitality to fine dining room and from fine dining room to events. So my events journey started in corporate business, working mm -hmm. for law firm, creating events with learning development department. And then in 2016, I joined Facebook at that point. Um, now we are Meta and I started creating events here. So quite a long journey from 2005. But I think what makes me a bit different maybe in events industry, I started from other jobs to do serving, you know, clients serving mm -hmm. from the table and doing a pot wash where needed to actually being an event manager. So I think I can understand our industry from the bottom to top. Well, it's interesting because, you know, as is as is the way with a lot of the podcasts that I record here, you know, I'm not going to pretend to people that I know every guest that comes on here. You and I met a few minutes before uh, coming on air. Um, we'd exchange some emails beforehand, but straight away, 
there's something that I can draw uh, a parallel with there is that when I left university, the first job I had was working in a bar and restaurant, working in hospitality. When I was a teenager, I worked in a really lovely men's clothes shop selling, you know, Italian suits and fitting, you know, businessmen up for really, you know, re really expensive menswear. And, and there is... There is something in working in hospitality and in restaurants. And, and if you have a good customer service ethos and an ability to communicate well with people in that environment, there, there is a natural progression there and, and actually quite an obvious link into the events industry, isn't there? Yes, it is correct. Like, imagine I wanted to be a police officer and from police officer and up being an event manager. That is a completely two different <laughs> words. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> It, 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 it is. And, and I often look back at the time that I spent, you know, three and a half years when I just just left university and in, in working in, in bars and restaurants and, and, you know, look at some of the power high pressure environment, you know, a, a requirement to be organized and be prepared. The better organized you are, the better prepared you are, the more chance you've got to deal with an unexpected situation. Um, you know, all of those things we, we deal with. And in, and in effect, when you're working in a restaurant and in fine dining, particularly, you're creating an individual event for each set of diners that are sat at a table, aren't you? So, you know, in some respects, those challenges are there. And it's about that customer journey, isn't it? It is correct. And at times you think that the experience might be different or the expectations might be different. But what I've realized going from corporate world to tech the expectations are quite the same and, mm -hmm. and the journey is pretty much the same. It's just the delivery of the projects might be slightly different. So it is definitely similarity around it as well. Hmm. I'm, I'm fascinated to get into this subject of hackathons. Um, it's a term that I've heard before. And I must confess, until today, and I did a, a bit of research before today's recording, I, I, I Googled it hackathon and and i found some great interesting explanations of what it is um for for podcast listeners uh who have similar to me heard the term but are not familiar with what it is give it give us an idea of what the concept of a hackathon is in the tech world whenever i say to my friends i'm working on hackathons the first thing which comes of every of my friend's month is like oh you hack into someone's account and i'm like no, no, no. <laughs> This is not what hackathons yeah. are about. <laughs> so let's put this straight. This is not what we do. So hackathon is an event typically held over a concentrate period. It could be a few hours or could be a few days where either is individuals or teams come together to collaboratively work on solving problems or creating something new, creating mm -hmm. innovating projects, often in a field of technology or software development. But we also have to remember that hackathons can be around office spaces, they can be around school projects, they can be around life. So they don't necessarily need to be held around technology or software development. Mm -hmm. And during hackathons, participants work together, quite intensive working environment and often on a competitive environment as well, because we work on a project which then will be judged by the judges and potentially the prototype will be brought in the future to life. So it's not something we just work on and then forget about, right? Put in the corner and just just never come back to it. And we build functional prototypes, develop software and uh, applications, design hardware solution or create new ideas on concepts. And how the hackathons are known are for the very fast paced and high energy atmosphere and collaboration once again, problem solving. 
and especially in my company where I work, um, hackathons are very long and core tradition and focus around innovating as community to build on very bold and new ideas. And we're giving people a platform to work on the long-term processes and programs and developing new ideas. Mm. The, 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 what jumped at me straight away when I was when I was reading about this earlier today, ahead of the, the recording, is how so, so this is a collaborative effort. You have lots of people together over a short period of time. Who who benefits from from the hackathon? You know, is there one? Uh, and why is why are all of these people happy? to contribute to something that might only benefit maybe one company if it's a, a piece of software for, for a particular provider who yeah w w how does that dynamic work i don't i don't think it's a one uh, person one you know one company who benefits i think it's a win-win for the person who participates in for the company who provides the hackathon platform for hackers to hack as well mm -hmm. um it's a great opportunity for hackers to show the company what skill sets they've got. It's a kind of opportunity as well to come out from your comfort zone as well. Um, this is not something you do on a regular basis, right? Mm -hmm. um, hackathons are often prototyping something new, prototyping or solving a problems which coming out of the, let's say of the platform or, or the product which already exists or you have idea to build something new, right? Mm. So imagine you work on your regular job is creating events, but then one day you decide that I would like to create an event tool, which will be beneficial to all events managers around the world, something which never existed. So mm. then you would want to definitely first find whether the product exists in the market. And secondly, you would like to find the people who's gonna help you to build the product, right? Yeah. yeah. So if you do though, if you do so, so then it's going to benefit your company who you work for and it's going to benefit you and all your community in events who's going to work on that platform and that tool in the future. So I think it's a win-win for both. And I think that gives you opportunity to come out of your comfort zone and also give the opportunity for the company to launch the, launch the product. And in the same time, let's be honest, to make money at the end of the day, right? If products mm. work really well. Yeah. And, and when I'm thinking about that, you know, that dynamic and uh, I mean, do these typically take place uh, as 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 in person? Would you have everybody, you know, in one building so they can physically collaborate as well as technologically collaborate? Or can they take place remotely as well where there is, you know, digital collaboration? Uh, prior to pandemic, everything was in person and everything was um, done in one place across a couple of days. People literally slept practically in the office and they were stuck to their laptops for 24, 48 hours and it was hard to take them away. Mm. But what pandemic proved us that anything is possible and you don't have to be in one place. And I think that is really good place for us to show people around the world that you can hack together. It doesn't matter where you are, whether you work from home, whether you work in an office from another location, and we're giving our hackers opportunity to do so. So we would like them to build the teams from across the world, from across different offices. Our hackers might have different commitments, having a children or travel commitments or working from other offices. So we would give them the platform to connect with each other, to collaborate through the sessions, um, working sessions, mentoring sessions, to do breakup rooms and make sure they actually, we encourage them actually 
to collaborate mm. versus working only with people on you know on site within a one office so building mm. team across the world we actually help you because one thing to mention which we haven't talked about yet a lot of people when they talk about hackathons they think hackathons are only for engineers because mm. technically speaking you would think you're hacking you're writing a code right i'm yeah. not an engineer myself and I've never really done, probably I wrote one code, which was really simple, like two bananas plus two bananas. And that's how far I could go with code. <laughs> but what is important and what we encourage people is to build your team where you have an engineer, you have a designer, you have researcher, or you have an event manager or someone who had no idea about hackathons whatsoever, because at the end of the day, you want to produce, produce something. So you want someone who can code, who can write a code for your product, but you want someone who, who's going to make the product looks pretty, right? So you need a designer. Yeah. You want someone who's going to research on every single platform, whether your product already exists somewhere. So we encourage as many poppy, possibly people to get into the team. And whether your designer is in UK or your engineer is in Norham region or... Mm your event manager is in APAC region, it will be very great. You just need to find a way and a platform to collaborate. Um, how, I, I, I have all sorts of questions popping into my head here, but um, I, I'm going to go with, first of all, how did these begin to manifest themselves? Did these, because a hackathon and by the nature of it, I mean, it's important that we stress to people, we're using the word hack to mean exploratory programming, developing stuff, you know, quickly over a short space of time, not hack as in breaching security here. Um, it, and it's important to continue stressing that because the, the, the definition could confuse people if if they've not come across it before. But this strikes me as something that a, a hackathon was maybe born out of not a, a structured, planned event. This, this strikes me as something that probably grew out of a community of people who began working together and then needed a more structured way to, 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 to reap the benefits of what this sort of collaboration can offer. Yes. I, I always see hackathons and, and that's what I want to mention as well, but I don't want anyone to take it in the wrong way because you can talk about the structure of hackathon, organizing hackathon that, you know, organizing and looking into logistics and how everything should be perfect for everyone. But at the end of the day, hackathons are really, I, I don't want to say they, they should be disorganized, but they're not perfect in the way mm -hmm. of, your project is not going to be perfect at the end of the hackathon. Your prototype is not going to be most likely finished at the end of prototype because uh, hackathon. Because I don't see anyone being so, like, not necessarily organized to finish such a great idea because you have to remember the idea coming out of hackathons are unbelievable. Like, you know, our platform was built out of hackathon. And imagine building a, such a huge platform within 24 hours is impossible. So you building something or you starting the prototype and it's going to be developed during the next, I don't know, a month or a year mm. or weeks or days. So what we normally give our hackers is another two or three days to kindly finish what you have started and then giving them opportunity to um, showcase the prototype to our judges and then see how far we can go afterwards. So it's kind mm. of like the hack is kind of unpolished, unfinished product, which will be developed throughout the days, weeks or months or years, depending of how big the prototype is. And I'm guessing that, that one of the 
what certainly one of the main benefits is is as you said you're not necessarily going to end up with a finished polished product or 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 or, or program whatever it may be but in a very short period of time because of the intense working uh, collaboration that's going off you're going to leap forward significantly from a timeline point of view compared to how long that that product would take to develop if you did it you know with a smaller team of people over a year yes and definitely yeah. um what I'd, what i'm going to go down the route of here is is the, the collaboration aspect of it in the hackathon, how often does that lead to relationships that develop then beyond the hackathon? We talked about some of these job roles and people that are involved. You know, you've got programmers, you've got coders, you've got graphic designers, maybe copywriters, marketing, social media experts, SEO, etc. Et I'm sure all of these sort of job titles play a part. Um, is it a great way for the individuals who are involved in actually extending their own networks and maybe generating own business. A lot of these would be freelancers, I'm guessing. Hello, I think it's a great opportunity because once I've mentioned already, it's you kind of coming out of your comfort zone and quite often on hackathons, you do tasks, you collaborate on different tasks and programming and so on and so forth, things you would never do on your day-to-day -day operation job, right? Mm -hmm. So we had a lot of people who realized you know, what I'm doing on a daily basis is not necessarily what I really enjoy, but what I have done on the hackathon is like my passion. And yeah. that's how the networking starts, right? You start seeing the other people, you start doing activities together. We start building our hackers club. So that's our hackers club started because all the hackers being very passionate about hackathons start coming together. So that's yeah. what we started doing, building a hackers club. And this is the platform where all hackers can come together. They can exchange the ideas. They can talk to each other. And they can actually do not necessary. They attend, of course, our hackathons, which are scheduled on a regular basis. However, in between hackathons, just because we don't have official hackathon, it doesn't mean you can't get together and hack on something or produce another product and you will be doing this yourself, if that makes sense. Absolutely, yeah. Just going back to the the sort of the analogy or the reference point that we spoke about at the start about the hospitality industry and you go back, you know, to the, the fine dining, for example, from a time scale point of view and planning a schedule, you know, when that party is due to arrive, when they're going to have their, their their champagne, their main court, their starters, their main court, et cetera, et cetera. You could, and with many other events that we've worked on, that, that people have experience of, they will have a schedule. Now, again, uh, the, the, the type of event that a hackathon is, I'm guessing that to plan and execute a precise schedule when you've got people presumably working in different time zones and some people who choose to work at night because that's when they operate best during the day. How difficult is it to actually sort of set times and develop some sort of event schedule so that people know that that is the event and that defines the event? Um, it is quite tricky if you would like to create an agenda for an event happening globally. And mm. as many times as we have tried to do it, it wouldn't work because it's just we can try to work with some of the regions, but we wouldn't be able to work globally. It, yeah. it just is impossible. So what we're trying to do is we try to divide the regions into EMEA and then NORAM and APAC, and they do things individually for themselves. So we look after our EMEA region. 
and in that way we know we can we can do the structure for ourselves but that means also some of the hackathons days need to be adjusted in terms of let's say our Tel Avivian office is not working on Fridays there's a two hours ahead so we have to bear that in mind as well um, so there is a little bit limitation but not as many as working with other offices but even planning hackathon in in our region can be tricky because Many engineers or many IT people, let's put it in this way, they are very hardworking people, as many yeah. other, but they can be stuck to the laptops for hours. And it's very hard to take them away. Let's be honest. It's very hard. They can literally, once they get so excited about the project they work on, they literally stuck to the laptop. Yeah, yeah. So <laughs> I have to really make sure I do something really fun and entertaining or something very educational, or bring someone who can take them away from the laptop. Yeah. So I, I, I... having like great sessions, or my idea is always to bring someone from the leadership who can give a motivational talk, or there is something big happening in the tech industry, and be like, hey, you need to come to this room to find out about, and then potentially do icebreaking activities, or some fun sessions, or believe it or not, I just do like a a Zen massage session and was like, you need to come out and get like a 15 minute massage. And they like, oh yeah, I'm on it. Uh, so absolutely, yeah. It's hard to do agenda which would work for all regions, but having regular breaks and helping them to just come out of the laptops or computers. And I think our job is to manage the time accordingly because they wouldn't do themselves. And I think what I've heard from some of the other colleagues organizing hackathons, where they were like really on, oh, we need to give them caffeine, Red Bulls and coffee would help. And I'm like, it would help you to be up, but not necessarily help your health. So what can we do to help them health as well, as well as keep them awake, right? Yeah, um, it's interesting, yeah, because, yeah, there is, a, there is a moral obligation there as an organizer, I guess, to make sure that the people who are participating are doing so safely and, and are keeping an eye on their own well-being during the process so whilst yeah it would be easy to just quickly you know hit the button on the uh on the coffee machine and keep it flowing yes. you know it, it, I, I guess encouraging some downtime and some switch off time is probably as important to, to the outcome of the event as actually you know forcing them to be on the laptops for 48 hours non-stop correct <laughs> yeah uh, uh, tech that there's so much to fly through today in, in what is a relatively short period of time. But as, as somebody who has been around a lot of event tech um, through various reasons, particularly my involvement in, in the event tech live show um, from a, a production point of view and a, an organizational point of view, do you actually, do you deploy event tech of any description or what platforms you use to actually help you plan and execute the show you've obviously got your own platforms that that that, that meta have but do you use any other external platforms to help deliver these events um at the moment we don't use any external platforms we use all internal platforms we have our own uh, for hackathons um so we don't i have however helped with few of the hackathons uh, with other my colleagues and we have used the platforms like many other, like DevPost and, and Hackathon.com or HackerRiff um, to handle registration, team formation, submission, management, judging, and so on. Mm -hmm. um, and then in terms of communication, um, I know what we used, like like I say, once again, in the previous, uh, previous life, <laughs> it was like Slack and Microsoft Teams. 
<laughs> and then I'm big yeah. on Asana in terms of um, yeah. any organization project management. So that was the platforms I've used in the past. But for now, um, in my current role, I'm, I'm using pretty much our internal um, resources. No, absolutely. In terms of their their longevity and where we see hackathons potentially growing or, or expanding, do, do, do we see them as a... Uh, have they maybe slipped off the radar a little bit from an, uh, an events point of view in terms of how big they could potentially be? There go my dogs. Um, um, how big they could potentially be going forward. Um, and I mean that in the sense that we are a society now that absolutely relies on technology. We rely on platforms every single day to do what we need to do, whether it be our grocery shopping, our clothes shopping, our social media, our, our workplace. You know, we're surrounded by these platforms now that all are continually looking to develop. Is, is this is, is the idea of a hackathon actually something that is going to become a growing marketplace for event organizers or is it really restricted just to, to sort of tech companies? I put, I pretty much see the future of hackathons going even further. And I think we need hackathons. And as I've mentioned to start with, hackathons are not only an engineering event and they shouldn't be seen as an engineering event. And I think I even had conversation with one of our chefs the other day and he said to me, your hackathons are inspired me. And I was like, what do you mean? He said to me, I had a chat with my team and we're doing hack around how we can put more sustainability around culinary team in our workplace. And we're doing hackathon around it. So I think, you know, hackathons should be treated more across the board and be treated more like a program rather than events. Yes, there is an aspect of events when we come as event managers to put the logistics and make sure everything works and, and look as the as the more as a broader thing, but there is so much that the hackathons should be seen as a program in each company. We start somewhere, but it's a long-term program. So it's not mm. only one off thing, but it's a regular occurrence coming every two, three times a year in each company. And that could be around anything. That's interesting that they don't have to be limited. The idea that they shouldn't be limited to just tech or programming or coding or something like that. The idea of, of, of a hack, uh, and what it actually represents is, you know, a collaborative, a short period of time where people from a, a, a similar background get together and in that short period of time, trying to come up with solutions to help them in their day to day activities. And the culinary, culinary one is, is a great example, you know, of, 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 of how chefs or, or, or restaurant owners, you know, people getting together for that short period of time. And, and I guess it's it, it, it's in some ways, no different to what we know as a conference, but in many ways is completely different to what we know as a conference, just in terms of how it represents and that and that collaborative effort. Uh, I, I'd be really interested. I'm curious to see, you know, what 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 Meta, you know, uh, I, I'm sure you would have internally examples of, of events like these taking place for other sectors that are not just technologically based. Have you seen any other examples outside of outside of the culinary one that you just gave us? Well, we, we do quite often hacks around our offices. So whenever we open new floor or we open new office, we're actually giving the opportunities to our employees to hack the space, which means you can come up with the theme of the floor. You can come up with the names of the rooms. You can come up with the color of the walls. So like basically we sit in a room and we come up with ideas. So it could be 20, 30 people and literally hacking around the space. So this is opportunity for us to get involved in the space where you're going to live. 
because let's be honest, we spend most more time in an office than at home, right? Mm. And I think it's a great opportunity for every company to get people involved, to put a little bit of their ideas across the board and like, we can do something together. And as you've mentioned as well, collaborate and give people the voice around the offices, around the spaces, around the choices into, you know, even like what culinary team does, like, do you have to have the same menu every day? Like, let's no, let's talk to employees and maybe hack around the menus. It's interesting. And, and I mean, we're, we're flying through time today and we're already sort of nearly half an hour in and, um, and one hour on the clock and all of that. But I'm, let's see if I find that, find the right way to, to phrase this to you. Um, the, the idea of these, it, it, I, I think, is is going to develop. Headline numbers, I, I find, find a diplomatic way of saying this, headline numbers are still huge in the events industry in terms of how many people are attending your event, regardless of what the event is. Headline numbers still form a huge part of an, the organisational process. Are they as important in this type of event as they are in other types of in-person or, or digital events does does having a huge number of people participating necessarily mean that that's going to be a good event or does it depend on actually what the ultimate objective of each individual hackathon is is out to achieve in hackathons is slightly different i look on hackathons on two different things one thing what is important for us is returning hackers so people who are returning to your hackathons so not necessarily the more people you get the better it's for people who came to your hackathons before and they're coming back to you because you know there is a benefit of them coming back to you and building something great. And the second thing, what is more important and very important and brings potentially the outcome in the future is the projects and prototypes coming out of events. So the answer is no. It's not about how many people are going to come to your event. It's about the outcome and the projects coming out of the event. Interesting. Interesting. What does the, um, in terms of timeline and your own diary now for the rest of the year, how often are these actually taking place? How many events are you work, uh, uh, hackathons are you working on on a yearly basis now? So we have three global hackathons per year because um, we used to have four, but now we have three and they normally across. So every hackathon is four days. So we have, um, we have the autumn one, summer one and um, spring one. So the next one is coming up in July. Okay. And in terms of not so much sourcing content for that, but sourcing objectives for that, how are the objectives sort of decided upon for each particular one? As in, what are you going to ask people to work on or collaborate on? Is that, are you never stuck for ideas uh, given the nature of what, of what you do as a business? Or is there a, a very, very sort of, you know, clear process as to how the objectives for each hackathon are, are reached before the event takes place? We are very open and we allowed our hackers to hack on anything they like. So they can come with any idea and any vision and we're giving them freedom to hack on anything. Wow. That, I mean, that that's so if, if somebody is 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 working in that environment, this is, I suppose, a, a, a great opportunity. Potentially, this is a real life scenario. Some, some may say an audition um, is what I'm thinking. You know, if, if you're somebody who's never participated in this before, but feel you've got something to offer, for an organization organization like Meta to be able to say to people, look, here you go. Here's an open invitation for four days. Show us what you've got, I guess. And like I say, you can come out of your comfort zone and, and use different skills. And then you can see maybe there is a gap in between our products or maybe there is a gap to bring something new in the world. And then 
let's do it together. And this is the great platform for you to do it. It's, it's a fascinating world. Um, I'm sure there are loads of people uh, out there thinking, how can I find out more about it, Evelina? If people want to sort of to take this podcast today as a as a start point and then dive into the world of hackathons in a bit more detail, point them in the right direction if you could. Perfect. I love hackathons and I could talk about hackathons forever. So if you need any more details or you would like to have a chat, please reach out on LinkedIn. You can easily find me there. Fantastic. And we'll, we'll pop um, we'll pop a couple of links in the session description for in the sorry, in the de session description. There, there's my organizational head coming back from conferences um, in the uh, in the description for today's podcast. There, there'll be some links in there um, for people to follow. Um, and yeah, Google it. Uh, as I said, I did that this morning and it opens up a whole world of reading that I'd not encountered before and and it's fascinating if you if you haven't looked into hackathons and this is the first time you've really heard a bit about them go and do a bit of reading because it's uh, it's interesting and um ultimately the outcome of these events from what i can see today is ultimately going to have an impact on us all whether we realize it or not so um probably worth you knowing how these events take place and what they are um and at least then you know exactly how some of the platforms that you probably use every day um are being formed um I'm delighted to say that my guest today um, has been Evelina Dunkley, who's the events lead at Meta. Um, very grateful for your time today um, and for, for joining us and give us a little bit of an insight into this, Evelina. Um, of course, anybody who's watching this today on the eventsindustrynews.com uh, website, thank you very much for tuning into the podcast. While you are watching this and you're on the website, don't forget to have a little click around the rest of eventsindustrynews.com to check out the latest news features and special supplements. And of course, the A to Z supplier directory. If you are an event organizer, somebody looking for a supplier, a service, any form of product in the events industry, the chances are you will find it in the A to Z supplier directory on the eventindustrynews.com website. Of course, you can also go to your podcast platform and uh, search for the Event Industry News podcast wherever you get your podcasts from and listen to audio only versions of uh, all our podcasts. If you are already doing that and you're listening today, Go in the opposite direction to eventindustrynews.com and you can do all the things that I mentioned just a couple of seconds ago, which brings us nicely and neatly to the end of today's episode. My thanks once again to Evelina Dunkley from Meta for joining us today and talking about the fascinating world of hackathons. And I will see you on the next edition of the Events Industry News podcast. Thanks for tuning in, everybody. See you soon. Mm -hmm.